is it. On the 30 meter line, they're going to take it. They're going to take it soon. Pierce to the 30. They run for a try now. It's come down to Graham. Back to the middle. It's found Minicello. A long range shot for Manasseh. He's got it. Oh, what a kick. He got a kick. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Irish NRL show. I think a day later than, than traditionally, uh, I want to, I suppose, the, the dirty code. Um, as always, delighted to be joined by the Tash. How are you, pal? Not too bad, brother. Uh, not too bad. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, look, it, it's going to be... I'd like to say short and sharp, but once we get talking and once Benji starts voicing his opinions, <laughs> yeah, we tend to happy talk. We tend to uh, to get things going. The problem with Benji is he's just obviously a mad Tigers fan, and he's just not having a great season. No, no, it's just going from bad to worse from. Yeah, um, but look, I suppose without much further ado, we might just kick things in. We might get started with uh, fourth tackle. So I might take the lead on this if that's okay. Um, yeah, no hassle. Opening the door, a painful one, get it over and done with. I suppose Jack's decision to retire from rep football, Jack obviously referring to Whiten. Is it transfer or orientated or is it genuine? I suppose is kind of my question. <laughs> You'd hate to, to like another team come in from and then all of a sudden <laughs> that next year, oh, I might go play rep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unretire fairly quick, but he's on big money, like, and they're expecting him. Now, is is that a a double-edged sword? Does that kind of annoy the new employer, or do they care? I think for the player he is, and whoever comes in from, I think, like, supposedly he's, Dolphins like are are mm. going to make a serious bid, like, and I think they need a marquee player anyway. So I don't, I don't. I'd say it wouldn't be that much of a deal if he did decide to unretire from for news for blues or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's an element too of that. He he knows he's never going to get that six jersey. Like we'll chat about that later on today. But mm. like yeah, he's never being that utility player like for for the national team and and the blues. Like maybe that's uh, it's not where he wants to play the game. It's something he's done in the past. But he's as he said, he's achieved everything. He's going in rep football. He's won a World Cup. He's won Origins. I get it from that level of, of things. Um, he also plays the game quite physically. He runs into the line. He's a big body, but that does start to take its toll. He's a while um, playing first grade. So kind of take the, both those on board. Is it maybe a more astute decision to elongate his career? As you said, he's won everything at rep football. Like, what's a couple more origins and maybe another World Cup in three years' time? Where's the likely landing landing uh, strip from? Do you think? Uh, the, the fact that there's a Raiders offer on the table and has been for a number of weeks suggests that he's he's pretty he's pretty set on going. Um, mm. I think the landing spot is as mentioned the Dolphins, but. Not, Maybe I'm biased when I say this, but I think a player of his ilk, if he's on the board, 
I think you try and start making some moves regardless of who you are um, I think he could be a, it could be a nice pick up for anyone I don't well the Rabbitohs came out was it today or yesterday morning and, and they're expressed interest in him well absolutely like we, he's playing kind of career best form but I, I, you can't see Cody going yeah where's he going to that Rabbitohs team does he go in centre maybe or something like that and they are we shift around if 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 the NRL title is what he's premiership is what he's looking for does he sacrifice a bit of money to, to go to a team that nearly on the cusp of something great like or do you I think like like Cody Walker's quite an old he came into first grade quite old I think he's about 32 so it's probably maybe a year or two earlier than the Rabbitohs would like to make the decision but is he do you force the hand then <laughs> to get a player of his calibre then yeah and, and ultimately you're, you're, you're swapping out a 32 year old with a 30 year old not mm, necessarily much of it. much, it's, it's much of a stop but look if you think it's it's something that can move the needle the Panthers haven't looked like the Panthers of the last few seasons, so there's it's probably a wider opening there for clubs on the precipice of, the, of a premiership. So, I mean, if and I, this is throwaway comments without any real understanding of what the salary cap situation is, but if I'm the head honcho with the Parramatta Eels, I'm looking and I'm saying. Is Dylan Brown ever going to be the six that's going to deliver a premiership? We could bring in Whiten, who's a good partnership with Hodgson from previous. You've got Mitch Moses, who, to be fair, for me, is probably close to career best form. And that could be that marquee player they were looking for. Hmm, interesting. Interesting, <laughs> interesting, and upsetting uh, at the same time. Upsetting, yeah. It's more, it's an emotional rollercoaster for me right now. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no. I'm the same. I don't know. I think Rabbitohs would be a nice fit if you went centre, like, and especially his relationship with Latrell. Like, don't don't think, just don't think you can pay that money for a centre. No, no. When you've got no. a champion, a champion fullback. Unless you go, Walker is the 32 year old. Give him another year and there, stick him at centre and then slide him over to the yeah. next year. Yeah, but yeah, look, I, I suppose it's on. Fight the bullet this year, like, and just get him onto your, yeah. your side. But look, anyway, thankfully, the timer's gone. We don't have to talk about this anymore. Got it out nice and early. Uh, so, my top point is has the Roosters uh, pressed the panic button too early by dropping Sammy Walker down to the new South Wales Cup this weekend? Do you think it's the right or wrong, or where do you lay this? I think it's one of those decisions where it almost uh, in the in the moment it can seem like a brutal decision, but I'm just thinking of the decision last year by Dimitri to do the same with Lachlan Elias. And I know Sam Walker has played more first grade games, but they're kind of a similar point in terms of the development during that kind of one or two years in your first first few seasons in first grade. And I think it could prove to be a good move it could prove to be a bad move I think it's it's almost like a, as a move it's a kind of real tell like is this the bloke that you want to be to be steering the side around the ship like can he take the setback can he take both personal and team based um, yeah it's nearly it's nearly see what kind of character he is like it's nearly a li- yeah it's, it's kind of a litmus test for a young half Um now the only thing I would be saying is 
potentially there's scope and this is a wild accusation but you just can look at history and stuff like that and maybe Robinson doesn't know how to fully deal with a young half his success has come with experienced halves I know Kiri but Kiri had, had, had success at Souths and then obviously he's playing outside Cooper Cronk and then it's was prior to that I don't know if he would have been over Pierce. Mitch Pierce, and I doubt he was there when Todd Carney was there ripping it up no, I think it was Pierce. Uh, he, he got the arse end of Pierce, I think. So, so you got to ask the question that maybe, like, if, if, it, if it ultimately fails with Sammy Walker, because we've seen plenty of talent, we've discussed it before, not necessarily certain Kyle Flanagan is as bad a player as sometimes he's made out in the media. And mm-hmm. now if it fails again with Sam Walker, you kind of have to ask, well, maybe Trent Robinson just can't be yeah. of a young half. I just think, like, Walker and Kiri are very like for like. Mm. They're that small body they just move you around the park like they take their chances but they're very body and playing style is very very like they're kicking as well I think they can't kick themselves on a paper bag sometimes mm. like they're compared to other teams on the metre like the metres you know the way like other halves would have that big kick or something like someone would there'd be the two lads have the same sort of style like mm. whereas other teams would have say the, the, the traditional seven and then a six like Matt Burton or something like that that would drive the ball if I can fifty meters further than anyone in the competition. Like I just think that they play too like for like and I think that's what the downfall is that he, he as you say, Kiri's a bit more mature and he's going with the maturity. Mm. Now, there's other people in the in the squad I think that should be <laughs> if if you're gonna if you're gonna be dropping people, I think it could kick up the air for uh, Victor Radley when they need him like Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is a strange. Well, look, not to circle back to a previous point, but there could be a potential solution there. And we all know that the salary sombrero that exists in Bondi. Um, yeah, I suppose they're just in a difficult place. I think in the halves. I think I know what you're saying that both of my players, but I don't think Kiri's been quite the same player over no, the last course yeah. of the last two seasons I'd say no. he was kind especially of especially with the head injuries or something mm. like that when he came back he was, he was nearly mining like, you hate to say it but like mining himself a bit going, yeah. not going to the line not digging in mm. so it's it'd be interesting to see with Manu starting six and Paul Mamorowski coming in the centre but they have the return of Angus Crichton as well and Tupanu a little bit well which is they could go out and like it's the dragons of all teams to drop a player like mm. it's not a great thing to say that okay it, it wouldn't it's not like it's Panthers or something like that yeah. you need you need Manu on the ball or something like that that he hasn't got the ball but like it's the dragons the dragons aren't going well either so uh, most certainly they are not um, yeah look yeah it's a strange situation it's one to it's one to watch because I, I know I probably questioned the pushing the, the panic button early last week Maybe Trent always listen, but uh, yeah, I'm just not 100 percent sure. I'm convinced by the Roosters as of yet. Um, look, buzzer, buzzer had gone. So, speaking of struggling sides, uh, it seems like the table is almost kind of somewhat flipped on its head, almost um, the season. But I suppose the one of the key ones for me, the Cowboys, they've only t- won only two of their first seven games, beaten obviously ourselves in round one and the Titans in round four given kind of I suppose the Raiders early season struggles the fact that the Titans are the Titans 
is it time to chalk the Cowboys off for finals and acknowledge that last season was potentially a blip or is it still too early it's a strange one like we talked about going to the well and stuff and like that new new coach coming in like and having that voice and changing how it works it's very hard to do season after season like mm. arguably Wayne Bennett and Bellamy are the outliers outliers like you, they, they they just have it down to a tee and what they do is bring in new assistants every year it's a different voice it's very hard for Peyton to try and get a team together and then the background team to stay the same and, and have that same voice and the same the attitude now I think that your halves Dearden and Townsend Townsend did great by last year he should own his age this year like. yeah I think yeah. If if they go around next year with them, I think it's a mistake. I think they have to look for someone. <laughs> and as we go back to your first point, <laughs> full yeah. circle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, halves nowadays are very hard to get. So anyone that comes up that is not thirty two, thirty three, it's it's a realistic. You have to look at them now. Yeah. Look, I I think. For me, the the key issue with the Cowboys is look. Obviously, Chad Townsend did a great job last season, and Tom Dearden was brilliant last season. But I think Tom Dearden, for for in order for the Cowboys ultimately to be a success and be kind of a perennial challenger, what they needed to happen is Tom Dearden to kind of over the course of say this season step up, take over the reins, and to for Chad Townsend because he is getting up there to kind of fade away into the periphery as such uh, and then be replaced by someone else like if, if I was looking at the landscape I'd be looking at I've chatted with him a few times I think he's a brilliant six uh, Braden Trindle at the Sharks he is surplus to requirements uh, at the moment time when they're going with Moylan so I'd be looking to pick him up get him on a bargain mm. he's a nice he's a nice steady six kind of would do a similar role to Ezra Mam at Brisbane so that for me is kind of what they needed to happen that hasn't happened because unfortunately Dearden is an Ezra man in that he, he goes well on the good side he goes bad on the bad side yeah um, yeah if he's in front of a pack that's going forward he looks like a, a world class and if the pack starts going backwards he doesn't have the skills or the gameplay to get him out of that yeah and then he also doesn't have the seven the controlling seven to to, to turn the tide and then get back into the game on the back of yeah. it so yeah, yeah. That you, you're going to put the team on your back for, for 15 minutes 20 minutes like yeah. and come follow me like yeah so I think ultimately are we, are we, are we putting that chalk are we chalking off them cowboys are we going to go back to last year's <laughs> one spoon and <laughs> see if it's, if it's yeah. right yeah because all of us tipped them last year to to be arguably one spoon but if if this is the way they go they go good one year and bad the other it's not a great uh, for anyone up there in, New, in in North Queensland like they all love the rugby like and they look they want to see the team fly but uh, if it goes up and down up and down the way it, it looks like it's going and especially with uh, Tamalolo's gone for a good good while now I think I think six weeks or seven weeks Arguably, he he's not in kind of decent form, and I think that contract is starting to age horrifically. Mm. Well, a fellow with that many miles and that many hits in his body, like 
it's not a great for a 10-year contract. Like, it's, no. you can't put your bet, you got eggs and all in that basket, like, no. especially with the position he plays and how he plays. Like, that's yeah. And then it's, it's the injuries that are starting to creep in. Like, soft it's the soft tissue injuries that are you know, yeah. troublesome for a, for a hefty bloke. Um, yeah, yeah look, for the time we did, did go there as well. Yeah, scratch them off. <laughs> Uh, what was it? So the next one was the golden point win for the Panthers. Was that the perfect golden point set to set up uh, Cleary for that uh, drop goal? Yeah, it wasn't far off. Um, back to back to back golden points too as well. Um, yeah, probably probably was. It it showed you. I suppose that game kind of for me summarized what the Panthers are this year they're, they're not the side they've been but they still have that class that will ultimately get them to win in 80% of their games and they just have the ability to win a game they know what to do like. yeah like, like we kind of thought the last few weeks they'd maybe turn the tie because they were starting to blow sides out but then it creeps back in and you're talking about a side who at their very best would go months without being without anyone being close mm. um, and it's just not going to be the case this year now look maybe things change I think there's a number of their players I don't think Luai is uh, is kind of the player he was I don't know what's going on mm. there maybe there is that ego thing I know uh, he seems to be a lot in the media over like he's and he's reading into his hype a tiny bit I think I think so uh, he's getting to the point where you're starting to think that maybe Paul Kent may have a, not to give to give him his dues or anything like that don't say it don't say it may, may have a point um, and look ultimately that's that's normal um, so they might actually need a season where they're embarrassed almost to come back uh, might need to be humbled a bit and then also look they've just lost so much talent they're, they're, they've kind of produced exceptional level talent and then ultimately that talent is because of salary cap kind of stipulations and stuff they're losing it you like to kick out Appy Carso like they're huge names Just even just those two they're going to be Lee, losing like, Stephen Crane yeah like Spencer Liu he set up that that set like and he cannonballed out the back of it mm. and got unbelievable like I just have to say like their quick ball the way they set up on that joke it was down the field get your feet get your front up quick ball quick ball quick ball quick ball the poor uh, <laughs> like didn't even have a chance to set up and it was over the bar before they turned around like it's it's almost as if but that's almost like instinctive it's almost it's been drilled into them over the last mm. few years of kind of building 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 that they kind of almost fall into this when their back's against the wall and they don't have time to think but it's uh, but they can't seem to turn that on naturally if that makes sense or yeah, they can't yeah, they can't seem they to just switch just to get them up like yeah which is, is a dangerous place to be against maybe like look the Knights are kind of Maybe bottom half side table. Um, in all fairness to the Knights, though, they they played an unbelievable game for that, like for the eighty minutes before that, like they were in the game all the time, a bit of scrapping, bit of bit of uh, like not letting the the Panthers settle at all, like. Absolutely, like one of my points was like, with <laughs> ten minutes to go and it looking like a nice win, one of my points was going to be, do the Knights need to cut cut the losses with Kane and Bonga? Because I think they've been very good without him. Um. But I do kind of know I I bang on that drum an awful lot, and I don't want. Well, they'll find it this week. He's back, isn't he? Yeah, I don't want our shows to be repetitive. 
but uh, it can't help it sometimes. But but yeah, no, like and that's I could have predicted this. Um, yeah, no, I just think that like if all the the gold points that like it was their six gold points this year, like our draws and stuff like that. Like I just thought, just the set alone, if you were ever going to show someone. <laughs> the, you didn't have to like uh, like chip and paste and, and get things together. Just play the the, the the minute and a half clip there and just say like this is this is what happens when we need a point. <laughs> yeah, just get up the field, quick ball, fight your front. Okay, quick ball. if you, and if you factor in the the fact that he had to kick a drop goal to equalize, mm. he's had like three clutch drop goals in back to back weeks. Like it's just. He is. I think we're starting to look at the future more. Well, like, like if put a price on him. Yeah. Like that's scary price to put on. Yeah, and and ultimately, <laughs> it's, it's a very harsh comment, but I remember his time at West. Maybe his dad's been paid just because they're trying to keep his son happy. Like maybe that's how he <laughs> manages itself. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just being brutally honest. Maybe it's it's like to use association football analogy maybe it's like when Pep Guardiola was, was over Barcelona with Messi in his prime like that side managed itself I don't care what anyone says no. so look um, yeah um, moving on Manly I suppose answered their critics this week or did they I suppose is the general synopsis of this question so it was in the, in, the, in the battle of Brookvale and that was a bruising contest just ask Justin Olam Um but is this just not just another false dawn in what appears to be a very inconsistent season? Are they now ready to challenge? I suppose that's what I'm kind of asking because just see, we seem like we've had some brilliant formers by some manly, and then some. It's like that again. Association football get too so sometimes good, sometimes shit. <laughs> um, I think Sebo after like say the mess that was their, their season last year with the jersey and stuff like that mm. I think he's after regaining the group's trust a bit mm. and they're starting to play for themselves they mightn't win every game but by God they'll put their body on the line for the lads either side of them and I think that's a sure fact that the coach has, has came in get the, got the, the group back together as I say and they got the trust in like you just look at uh, what's his name uh, Big for Oka Alakwatu. Alakwatu, like he's playing exceptional football. Like, yeah, his name every game. His name is he's he's in the the Blues already. Like he's going to be picked for the Blues already. Like, yeah, look, he's a huge body, and like, so sometimes I think to myself when I watch Manny play, I'm like, they must have the biggest side in the comp, and then I'm yeah. just like, or is Alakwatu just putting up the average? Um, yeah, he just. But yeah, and look, and uh, and ultimately, look, I I think probably the problem with our consistency is I don't think Djurbovic has been fantastic. Turbo, obviously, um, I think he struggled. I know he's got some soft tissue injuries. You're always afraid he's going to come off injured, um, but I think that's a as a, a key kind of component in this probably being. I I I'm I'm not sold at the the, the back. Um, I suppose that's why I kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. Is like well, at the weekend, like the storm, the storm aren't what they were either. No, they're not. Like, you have to look at the teams they play, and like, 
and as Bellamy says, like he came out and, and blasted his own team. Like you said, we played dumb and stuff like that. Like we were trying to affect the front up, in like trying to like you take all of them like I'm going to talk about it later on. But all of them trying to run out of the backfield against two, a, a, a Lucy and a second row like our prop, like it's a bit crazy. Like yeah, no, look in his defence, I can't ever recall that happened to just none. Yeah, will you remember this one though? Well, of course, it will. Of course <laughs> I will. Feels for the next oh, 10 look, years. There's people who don't even know what Rubble Leg is who are yeah. is plastered on their TikTok. Uh, I've seen it, yeah. It's doing the rounds. Um, yeah, look, the, the worrying thing, and I know we're probably not discussing this week, but the Storm, they're not what they've been. And I do not think uh, Lil Papi's going to change that. I think he's. He's kind of excelled. Look, he's a phenomenal player. Don't get me wrong, but he has excelled on kind of a dominant side. And I just think they lost too much when they let the Bromwich brothers go, Kafusi go. They just lost too much out of that pack. And mm. um, obviously, and then the season before they let go of Dale Panukin. So I think they've lost a lot of talent, um, and they just can't keep. Bellamy's probably going at the end of the season too as well. I think it probably is his last hurrah it's a scary prospect for, for Storm fans if this is the way they're playing now and he's probably the only thing holding them together like yeah and no I think there's more to the reason why Billy Slayer turned down the Dragon's job Ooh. watch this space is it uh, it's very conspiracy <laughs> theory-esque I just think <laughs> yeah. he's proven that an origin level he can coach I know it's ultimately you're wearing your tin hat for <laughs> yeah yeah Um. But ultimately, I suppose, look, that, that would be kind of my thing. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, I think he's someone who un- completely understands that culture. Um, and look, maybe get Cam Smith back as well, assistant coach. Just be like the glory days, boys. <laughs> Was that the bell there? Yeah. Yeah. So the next one, just going, touching on Manly there. Olofuaki uh, was tackled, and Justin Lodham loved to see it. But just in memory, taken back. What is the best tackles you like? As in growing up, looking at NRL, what comes to mind straight away? Like, ah, oh, a few. There's uh, undoubtedly that Sonny Bill Williams hit back when the shoulder charge was legal. Against the fact, I don't know the factor. Is it the fact the player with the long hair? Yeah, yeah. And where it just whips it's, his it's, hair it's, back. It's, I have it it's it's a cinematic uh, masterpiece. Just the way he hits him in the world goes flying back. <laughs> yeah, That's right. one. Um, there's one and Jack Whiten is very young on it he's playing at full back oh, he, sits and he yeah. absolutely Squares. sits s- James Seguiaro on yeah, his yeah. backside and James Seguiaro is true um, there's, here's one for you that's a, that's a throwback one Broncos are playing I think it's the Rabbitohs and do you remember Tony Carroll he's played for the Broncos yeah. He absolutely poleaxes the referee with his knee. That's a fair. Oh, 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 he tries to jump over him, doesn't he? Yeah, well, it tries, <laughs> tries. Yeah, yeah. He, he knew what he was doing. Oh, he, yeah. he knew what he was doing. That's one. <laughs> and then the last one, just incredible tackle from an incredible game. Roosters, arguably 2010. I think it's arguably out of cold. It's the best season I've seen from a side not to win it. Um, but they play the Tigers in a preliminary final and there is a shot on I think it's a young uh, Jared Uriah Hargreaves that sets up the scrum 
and then the Roosters get pushed win. off. I think it's it. I think it's yeah they they actually hook the feed I think the, the and then Anas the basically kicks the field goal, but it's an incredible shot. I think it's uh, Simon Dwyer is the bloke's name for West Tigers, and he absolutely mullers him. <laughs> and those probably my favorite yeah, it's it's just uh, like it's a tough to show the charger I know me and you like when we were younger like that's what we the big contacts like were ridiculous I have one as well I have two as well I have Steve Malley attacking on yes. David Terrell when he comes in <laughs> from yes. outside and absolutely falls him and nobody on the South Sydney uh, team they're like all oh, right man <laughs> it's like yeah. you have nowhere to go you got absolutely creased by a centre there yeah. and then Georgie Tafua was two years ago on Cam Murray when Justin Allen puts it back inside and you can just see the fear of Cam Murray trying to slow down trying to get his feet and just absolutely Georgie uh, Tafua just going through yeah, that and then there was yeah that Tafua one is like perfect. but that went viral like I think that went ESPN picked that up in America and stuff like that but it was just it was ridiculous that you just see Cam trying to slow his feet when he turns in he just sees him he goes ah oh, shit and tries to get the feet and then there was one on uh, Dave Taylor. What's his name? He's playing fullback. Uh, oh, shit, what's his name? He used to play with the Sharks. Oh, not Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson's friend. The two boys. Josh Dugan. Josh Dugan. Taylor's coming down the line 100 miles an hour. Josh Dugan just. It's not that he busts them, but it's just for the size of the Dave, Dave Taylor. Taylor. He stops him dead just outside the trailing and puts him off the field. Like, but it's just one of them that it's full commitment, and it just shows you like the, the physicality of it is ridiculous. I've, I've won more, actually. Sorry, from the from the era of the shoulder charge, and I don't know who he's playing for because he played for both. But it's Chris Sandow and it's it's the eels are playing the bunnies and he busts someone a shoulder charge and he does the big flop the little man flop and yeah he stands him. over him yeah well if you think you're talking with chris sandler you talk about greg ignis coming out of his uh, backfield and, and giving him a shoulder <laughs> and sending him flying <laughs> yeah uh, jamie, jamie sour got the worst one of them years back yeah I suppose the buzzer's just gone there but yeah I don't know next week we might do the run it straight challenge who's the, who's the best <laughs> run it straight ones uh, good question um, yeah um, my final one for four tackle this week kind of touched on it through different points but I suppose given Luai's in different form with just six weeks to go to origin who do you envisage as the New South Wales stat six for me it's one of Heinz or Walker that's kind of just if, if it's picked in the morning it's one of those two probably lean towards Heinz given his I, size I just like the way Heinz came out and, and put his pick me put his colours to the flag like and, and said pick me and I hate Queensland and if, if I was Freddie Pooh's off and I was in two minds and my player came out and said something like that I'm Okay. <laughs> what I would say is if you're Freddie Flintoff, you don't care because you're a cricket player. Oh, Freddie Flintoff. <laughs> Jesus. Wrong sport. Wrong country as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, if someone has a backing like that, I know Luai has the years, the three years, and he has the combination clearly. Walker, I thought, maybe should have got a run last year when Luai wasn't, and there was a bit of uh, mess and good on. But I think if anyone deserves it the Delhi Am uh, medalist I think 
should and I think it would be far easier for him to slot into six than it would for someone else because the way he runs coming from a fullback let Cleary do it let, let Hines yeah. and especially as you say the size of Hines is a plus I have I, I have I also have kind of two smokies um, as such the first one and it's not based maybe on current form but it's it's given how well he played last season it's Matt Burton I would be against seeing him at six and his kicking game adds a different dimension especially in a side that's obviously going to be filled with better talent than he has to the dogs he's going to give him that platform and the other one I think it's a harsh that he's never kind of been brought into discussion but I think this season he might just be playing his best football I wouldn't be against seeing Mitch Moses at six yeah yeah I think poor Mitch has, has got a harsh run as well yeah. I think uh, like it's a the injury as well when he came, when he was playing and then he, that 20 minutes after he got the big bang like yeah. there was a lot of going back onto that like uh, like there were, there were critics were out to get him after that I think he took a lot of like it's like it's like everything it's like Mitch Pierce coming in remember when he came back like the flat that they get off the critics like it's yeah. ridiculous like I know it's probably the biggest game like of the calendar, like other outside the Premiership, but it's just like give them a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's such a it's such a cauldron, um, and obviously there's more eyes on it than there is in any kind of. You could argue there's more eyes on it than there's in any game bar the grand final. So, mm. it's it's three of the four biggest games of the season, effectively. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 interesting, and I'm not against a split series in that we go with someone for game one, knowing that even if they have a fantastic game, they may not be the six for game two or game three. Um, yeah, I just think as you said, you said Heinz Walker. I think Heinz just 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 tips everyone. Sorry, you said like I the way yeah. he's playing, that and the way he can put Cronulla on his back, the way Cleary puts the Panthers yeah. on his back a bit. He still has that from from coming from a fullback, not playing as many, just filling a space for Melbourne Storm to go to another last year to get Dali M and then this year to continue on the way he played. Exactly. After having a tough off season um, yeah. with off field issues. Yeah, with the World Cup and, and, and then some other like and stuff like mm. that. So. Yeah, um, yeah, look, I think we'll back Hines for now. Uh, and by God, looking forward to it. The timer is literally just about to go, so if you want to... So the next one is, the NRL are supposedly going to reel in Gus Gould's media. Do you think Gus Gould is untouchable in the media? The fact that he has a, another role in the NRL as a GM of a team. Do I think he's untouchable in the media? Well, it just seems that everyone else can talk and they get fines and then Gus can say whatever he wants because he's in the air or whatever it's not Fox it's the other one but a, a Nine Network or whatever yeah. it is and he can have his opinion and be as loud as he wants and then the like of poor <laughs> poor Sticky down in Canberra like says boo to anyone and he's fined automatically like. I think Gus 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 is, is held in extremely high regard I think Gus has one of the best league minds there is. If albeit not sl a slightly archaic view of the game, I think he's done so much positive for the game that that's kind of almost why he gets 
the get out of jail card but I do agree with what you're saying yeah now that, now that you say that but I suppose at what capacity are you judging his comments like if it's something he says on 100% footy I mean that can't be taken and used against him well yeah. he writes arguably writes headlines and then headlines affect positions because like the the the, the, the take he took on Swally's crossover to rugby union Trent Robinson had to come out and, and speak on the media so it's an effect it's affecting other teams and other managers and stuff like that the comments he's making absolutely but, but what but what kind of comments do we find players for our coaches whatever we find them for the rugby marks around the competition like no one no one bad an eyelid about Rice Hunt calling and there's been a few people call this calling Rice Hunt uh, Rice Hunt called uh, Horsburgh a weak gutted dog uh, Ricky called uh, James Hammond a weak gutted dog there's no fines for that the, the fines are around kind of referees and stuff like that referees yeah. and stuff like that yeah, and maybe yeah. scheduling and stuff like that so I think but but that's a very interesting point you bring up and it's a very dangerous if the doggies were, were more competitive it's a very mm. dangerous s- and even yeah, like place, his platform yeah. to to sort of not manipulate but to to put thoughts in, in NRL heads head honchos heads like officials and stuff like that if he questions like the, the hip drop tackles and stuff like that and then he might move on to something else like but it, it, he has he has a, a platform that he can air his grievances <laughs> a little bit more than most people in the NRL absolutely and, he, and he's, a, he's a huge following um, oh massive like his, his Twitter is <laughs> ridiculous yeah, some of the some of the tweets on that are quite funny to be fair over. But um but just it's very interesting it's probably not gonna be the case this season. But if we were in a situation where the Bulldogs were going for like a top four finish, whatever, it's coming to the end of the season and there's a key matchup with two sides that are also juking it out. Like you wonder at what level could he manipulate <laughs> The narrative and get that reaction like you discussed Trent Robinson or in Ali and it, it could potentially be dangerous. Um Yeah, like you not like as you never said, thought about mani- it that way. The manipulation, like they only have like the coach only has one press conference before the game. Yeah, and one He post. has <laughs> three shows <laughs> on his own podcast. His own podcast, the the, the six again, the the one the, the chat show which hundred percent forty. Hundred percent forty like and then anything he wants, he can go on another show if he wants to. Like, so his 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 reach is far far more than an NRL coach that could. And his comments, his he kind of clapped back at Trent Robinson, didn't he? And that was that was just like him walking to and from Belmore. And yeah. That was yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's he's an, he gets loads of addition, additional additional uh, sound bites more than but yeah. Yeah, watch this space. Uh, yeah, never thought of it like that uh, until now. And I listen to his podcast weekly. Um, yeah. You bag every player. <laughs> yeah, and I bag every player he bags probably. If you listen, uh, I'm heavily influenced. That's uh, he's inside our head too as well. Doesn't even know. Uh, yeah, look, we're moving on to the round eight matchups. Uh, we're looking for three in a row um, face off against the boy this week. So Raiders on boy. Days. Yeah, we have a repeat of last season's grand final bunnies Penrith um, so key outs someone I'm a huge fan of Keon Cormatungi is out um, as is Liam Martin 
um, significant losses for both sides. Um, look, the, the sides line up pretty much as you would imagine. Um, and I think it's going to be a rip-roarer. I do think I will put a call on it, but it could go either way. It, this really could. It's so difficult to call given what we've seen from the Panthers this season and, and arguably what we've seen from the Bunnies because there's times they've looked absolutely excellent and there's like performances like they give us like, like against the Roosters and stuff like that where they were good but they just they were maybe stuck in third or fourth gear it's kind of strange to explain but I'm proud to see what way Mitchell comes out for this game like. arguably he's the most influence of any Abs- player on that field absolutely so. absolutely and look I think it's it's a key forward for battle for me Um it's they're a good matchup. Like you've probably got two of the better locks uh in the competition. I would have maybe shaded the bunnies um in the second row a couple of weeks ago, but Zach Hoskin has been phenomenal pickup. Mm. The the key probably is just the lack of fish maybe in the front row. That's the only thing, but like you've got Moses Leota, who I think is phenomenal. But yeah, look, I I'm gonna back the bunnies. I'm gonna back them by four, back them by less than than a than a short converted try. But I could easily see the Panthers turn around and spanking them. It's just well, yeah, the, like the Panthers are favourite one one dollar fifty three to the South two dollars fifty. Like so, it's a big big difference in the in the betting. Yeah. Uh, I go Panthers. I think I just think if they're gonna make a, if they're gonna make. A, as you said, they're they're back to back golden points. Like they have to come out and make a statement. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Friday then at uh, ten thirty, the Eels take on the Broncos at TO Stadium. Uh, Corey Oates is back for the Broncos, which I thought like, Jesse Arthur's did nothing wrong in his absence. No, he I did not. Like, uh, it's a. Uh, I know he's back, but Jesus, Jesse tried his best his damnedest to stay on that field like yeah uh, you uh, the Eels have to come out like I don't know what this Josh Hodgson Mitchell Moses like uh, Brendan Hand sort of situation you have to pick one and try and get this this ball rolling like if they are going to go again and try and get to the the arguably the finals next year this year like they have to come out and make a statement because like the Broncos are the informed team if they come out and tell them up like fair play but they just have to show us something that they're able to go and this this team or this selection of players are going to work well as the, as the season goes on yeah I, I, I think we discussed it kind of last season when we knew Parra were going to lose oh, I, I Reed Mahoney yeah. like, I, I just don't think Hodgson is the right type of hooker for those for two running halves I think he's much more of a controlling hooker it's kind of that's someone you play when you've got like a Chad Townsend and a Tom Deard do you know what I mean it suits a bigger pack as well to have a fair that's what I'm saying a more dominant pack uh, less quality in the halves and he's going to kind of control the tempo and ultimately that's why he was less effective because we actually dropped the weight of our pack significantly Um. But yeah, I'm I'm probably steering towards the Broncos. Although I do think there's a soft underbelly to the Broncos. Um, even you look at last week, I think it took them it took them that yellow card to to argue to, to get going. And, and to get going. Yeah. Now look, when they're when they're dominant, they can throw the points on you, undoubtedly. Yeah. 
I, I'm going, I'm, as you say, I'm leaning with the Broncos, but I don't be surprised that if the likes of Campbell Gillard and, and Junior Paolo get into these boys, you might see a, a reaction. Yeah. Um, moving on, Saturday, half 8A from Acor Stadium in Sydney. It's the Doggies against the Sharks. Look, ultimately, the Sharkies sit in sixth. I think they're going to make kind of going to start making inroads now kind of close to where we probably agree they belong which is top four anyway um, the doggies look they're, they're missing a key man for me somebody's not talked about enough Jacob Carraz I think he's absolutely pivotal to their success especially when you look at when you go through that back line so you've got Braden Burns one wing Paul Alamotti Jake Avarillo Declan Casey in the other wing and uh, Hayes Parham at fullback I just think when you look at other NRL sides, they're quite limited in their backline. And I think that might be quite a contrary comment or whatever, but I just I do think that's where they're kind of lacking short, that lack of quality in the backs. Because yeah. I do yeah, like yeah, their backs. Yeah, like the, the, when you lose Karev and then you lose, uh, oh, what's the name? The winger. Like they're massive losses for the, the, bra- oh, for the Bulldogs. And then there's nothing really Josh that they can bring. Yeah, that they bring in like the standard drops dramatically, significantly, significantly. Like you go through that that backline I just called out to you. They're all players that are kind of slot players on any other side. But you've got a yeah. backline of slot slot players, and I just think it's a lot to put on Kyle Flanagan and Matt Barnes. So yeah, look, I'm going to back the Sharkies. I think they're going to really start a, a bit of a launch now. They're going to start piling up the wins. Haven't struggled early doors to be fair. I'm the same. I go Sharks with you. Uh, next game on Saturday is 10.35. Uh, the Cowboys take on the Knights in Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Uh, this has been an interesting game. As you say, if if the Cowboys don't get a win at home against the Knights that probably played their best game last year of the season, we will be scratching off the Cowboys as maybe... <laughs> I they can't be as bad as the Tigers, but there's only one Tiger. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, if they can come out and, and play good at home against a Knights team, which arguably are starting to find their own form. I know Caleb Pong is back in, in at six and Tyson's on the bench, but the addition of Greg Maju and the, the not the introduction, but the how Dominic Young is starting to use himself as well. Mm. They're serious boys at the beginning of sets and stuff to start, as we say with like the Pender Panthers, how they start their sets with the back three. It's never the front rows or stuff, but they, they waste themselves getting mm. out, of, out of contact. Like. And if Brandon Best can, can get any form at all, he's arguably physically, he's probably the best centre in the competition. If, yeah. if physically, he, yeah. yeah. Attribute wise, like, he mm. just. A man, monster of a man. Now Peter Hickel on the other side of him is probably the best defensive <laughs> on his day, but it, I just think he needs a lot of help with with the rest of the team. Uh, Cowboys are favourite dollar seventy to the Knights. I think with the performance that the Knights had last week, I'm gonna tip an upset here and go to Knights. Yeah. Not a massive upset. <laughs> but, uh, an upset nonetheless. Um. I'm done with the Cowboys. I'm done with them. 
Uh, moving on to Sunday, um, obviously we're more spread uh, around this weekend with Anzac Day. Uh, Five AM Sunday morning. It's a it's a new Queensland derby. It's uh, Dolphins Titans in Suncorp. So Titans have to travel all the way back to Suncorp yet again. In terms of outs, uh, key out for the Dolphins is obviously Kenny Bromwich. They are getting a few few Warriors back. So uh, Kafusi's back. Jared Wallace is back. Edric Lee is also back. And he hasn't made his way into the starting side. So they haven't gone with a double Lee of uh, Branko and Edric. For the Titans, Brimson's back. And other than that, Thomas Mikalawi, um No major ins. Jaden Campbell again starts at fullback. So we know who you'll be rooting for at this one. Close enough in the tipping. Uh, Dolphins $1.77. Titans ten dollars and six cent or two dollars sorry and six cent not ten um eight and ten i'm gonna back the dolphins i think it's gonna be a tight one but i'm probably just backing that good old wayne bennett diligence and again i'm gonna go back to it again i keep bringing it up but bash borders are the mighty ducks ray stone mark nichols jared wallace Interchange is magnificent. I it, just going on Bennett, like every player has a role when they come on, and arguably he knows his players like back to front, like. And as you say, the Bass Brothers come on, they have one thing to do is soften up <laughs> any pack that's in front of them. Like use your body. You're going on twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, and then take me off, and then <laughs> get on that bike again because we're going again in another twenty five minutes. Uh, I think the Titans are a far better team this year than they were. You can see where uh, where the coach is trying to get in. Like what was happening with the Titans was there was a serious change of of coaches and stuff like that, and they never really got them. So Hallbrook is after getting three years now. You can sort of see what he's trying to imply. Like. Well, yeah, no, look, undoubtedly I agree. I just I just think ultimately the hamstrung by a bit of a, a lack of talent um, yeah, in key, oh yeah, key yeah. positions and that. It's more of a it's more of a, a destination for an older player that wants to go out and <laughs> especially when you start looking at spine positions. Um, yeah, like they probably have like you look you just list out some of the players in that in that pack. I think they're some of the better they're one of the better packs in the in the in the comp like. Moeke Fotoweka uh, I think he, I, I think he's underrated obviously Tino Fafita and then you got Isaac Liu now look Isaac Liu is, uh, is is on Titans mode as opposed to Roosters mode but uh, he's still he's still serviceable um, so yeah look, I, I just think the Dolphins will just they're just better structured unfortunately because they've been over them and that's not a, a slight in Justin Holbrook I think he's a good coach but he's just not Wayne Bennett and that's most of us no, aren't. No, and you, they're very, yeah, there's very few that is. Yeah, I go Dolphins with you then, and that's so right. You've got me out of So, next one Tigers, I'm Manly at seven, five past seven at Campbell, oh, Campbell Town Sports Stadium. That was Campy Bell. Uh, Campbell Town. <laughs> uh, what can we say about the Tigers? Like, uh, it's after Manly beating. Storm last week. I think there's only one winner in this competition, and if they don't put them to the sword, 
it's just you're hoping if you were a fan of the Tigers and you're not getting bet by 15, 10 points a game, like more than that, you have that small inkling in the back of your head, this could be the week. Or we could turn it again next week. I just think with the pack they have, it's it's ridiculous that they're they're going the way they are. Like I know they lost. I know they lost. But we did see signs of life from the Tigers just before the bye. And if they were to run them close and maybe have a soft performance for Manly, it would kind of answer my question. Hmm. It's hard work. Uh, I just think Manly yeah. $1.29 to $3.60. I just think Manly are a better team, better better structure, and ultimately sort of a better environment at the minute. I'm just so. playing devil's advocate, mate. I don't I don't fully believe Manly are gonna are lose here. <laughs> or, the, or the Tigers to be Tigers gonna make Tigers gonna make the eight. Yeah. Set it here first. Which is funny though, because there was a period of time where the Tigers always finished ninth. And my God, would those West fans kill for that right now? To be that side. <laughs> if we knew what we knew. Yeah, if only we knew what we knew. And moving on to Tuesday, seven o five, Roosters versus the Dragons uh, from Allianz Stadium. Uh, obviously, classic Anzac fixture. Sure to be a full house fantastic day for Australians everywhere as they pay tribute um, to military services and hopefully there's no US soldiers on anyone's jersey because um, you've had too much of that of late yeah look it's very interesting look in terms of of outs both of them are, are, are down significant players like Nat Butcher I think he's a, he's a big loss for the Roosters as well as that Jaden Sua for the Dragons but I mean you, you just you look at the key ins for the Roosters and look it's 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 Angus Crichton, it's Nathan Brown, it's Paul Momorowski, it's Tupanua. There's some big Like next week you think about it, what's then Tupanua is gonna take Butcher's Egan Butcher's place. Yeah. And then you look at that pack then now. And that's scared of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then yeah. And do you know who's who who have been very impressive this year? Uh Tyrell May. I think he's 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 he had something different, doesn't he? He has that young, <laughs> like young bull coming in. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I the one thing I'd be saying for the Roosters, right? And I know we talked about them at nauseum earlier on, but you're dropping Sam Walker. But at what point do you go? Maybe the issue is our our marquee signing this summer, and maybe he needs to play Lucy, and that solves kind of you maybe drop. Big Victor the Inflictor. Um, well, that's it. Like um, that's what I'd be looking at, um, especially if you sign Jake Turpin in the off season as well. But yeah, look, I suppose I, I'm going to back the Roosters. Uh, to be fair, as as a contest on on Anzac Day, it can sometimes throw a spanner on the works. But I'm going to back the Roosters. I'm going back by ten. Yeah, I did think I'm with you now. Just with the ins this week with Angus Crichton back and Tupanu back and. Man who getting close to the ball, I think he's gonna have a field day. I think, especially the deals in it. Uh, and then finishing off ten o'clock on Tuesday, uh, the Storm take on the Warriors at A A M I Park. A dollar twenty three to the Storms uh, and four dollars twenty to the Warriors. That's a massive. I know. It, it, I, I think. They were talking about uh, Jesse Bromwich's uh, 
they played 17 times I think he mm. lost twice on Anzac Day against the Warriors or something like that like it's a, they have a ridiculous yeah. record against the Warriors in this Anzac Day which comes around every year like these play each other every year uh, massive massive occasion I think the Warriors are decent enough that they might cause an upset this year yeah uh, I know that like uh, Egan's not back yet and, and stuff like that but I just think the way they're playing and Sean Johnson on his day is, is he's probably the best in form seven we have this year yeah in, you put in, theory doing like but it, just the way it's, it, the way he went back from playing with the Sharks like to going back to the Warriors and, and being at home and, and playing rugby like he wants to play like it, it just it I just think he's playing the serious football. Yes, yeah. Year, right? In terms of an, a, like most improved seven in the camp, it, it's him. Yeah, for a fellow that's yeah. thirty-four, like it's yeah. not a great, <laughs> it's not a great title to have. And the the fact that they're using Josh Curran now again, I think. I love, I love me some Josh. The, it was a strange. It was strange, and and at least he's back in, back in, and, and getting the muscle. Um, yeah, I think I'm going with the Warriors with an upset. Yeah. Um. Oh, I probably, I probably agree. Um, I think, I think it, it could be actually a fantastic contest. I think the storm have dropped, the, the Warriors have risen, and they're kind of somewhere around. I think it's kind of more of a, it's a coin flip. Um, but you know what? Yeah, look, in the in the interest of good faith, um, I will agree with you, and I'll go Warriors in a upset. Better than the Lego. Um, yeah, I suppose that's that's the the round eight previews. It's going to be a strange, elongated round. You're not going to get your full Super Saturday. You're only going to get one game on a Friday. You have Tuesday fixtures, but uh, look, it'll be enjoyable nonetheless. But I think that's all from me. And that's me done too. Thank you and good night. Good night. Short pass Mitchell. Beautiful pass to Tupo. Into the backfield. Gibson to the